Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio, <laughs> is your strength. The Bogodas? What the hell is a Bogoda? It's Bodega, you vapid idiot. Now, I played that entire piece from the ABC News because it's important to see the vast difference. Imagine if Melania Trump, the first lady of Donald Trump's presidency, had called Latinos breakfast tacos. Imagine if Donald Trump's wife, Melania Trump, had referred to black people as fried chicken, watermelon, chitlins, and some collard greens. Y'all as diverse as some fried chicken, y'all. Some watermelons, some collard greens, some poke skins. Can you imagine? The backlash would have gone on for weeks, if not months. This is Dr. Jill Biden, a woman with a PhD. You would think she would have more sense than to make such a racist comment, such a blatantly biased, racial, racist, bigoted comment. Can you imagine going to some Polish community and saying, you're as diverse as a bunch of Polish pickles. <laughs> imagine. Going to speak before the Asian community and saying, Oh, you all are very, very Asian, very, very diverse, though, like a mini kind of sushi. sushi. Can you imagine? If a Republican first lady had done this, it would be all over the news 24-7. The media is indeed beginning to turn on Joe Biden and his abuser, Dr. Jill Biden. Anyone who allows Joe Biden to continue pretending to be the president of the United States when he doesn't know what state he's standing in from day to day or what office he holds. That's elder abuse, my friends. Dr. Jill Biden. Then she has to go back and apologize. The diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio <laughs> is your strength. Now, she didn't mind making the insult in person, in front of a teleprompter, reading it out to people. And by the way, did you hear her mispronounce bodegas? Bogodas. As distinct as the bogodas of the Bronx. Bogodas? The bogodas. The bogodas. The bogodas. Oh, the wonderful bodegas in New York. <laughs> it's bodegas, you moron. But she would not issue her apology verbally. She would not stand before a podium or a camera to issue her apology. She very simply had her people issue an apologetic statement. So what did Whoop-dee-doo Goldberg have to say about these racist remarks? Well, Whoop-dee-doo Goldberg, who thinks everyone is racist if they talk bad about a black person, she dismissed Jill Biden's taco comments by saying, quote, we all step in poo from time to time. That's it. That's all she said. We all step in poo from time to time. So let me ask you this. Does Whoop-dee-doo Goldberg think that Hispanics are poo? It's kind of the way I read it. She said they're as unique as breakfast tacos. Openly, verbally, intentionally, deliberately, in front of a teleprompter, in front of cameras, in front of a crowd of Hispanics. And then she issues an apology. The apology came in the form 
of a statement written, but she never got before a podium or a microphone and had the courage to apologize personally. She stepped in poo all right, but she's used to that. Her husband steps in it every time he opens his mouth. We are not tacos. Do not reduce us to stereotypes. That was the statement written by the National Association of Hispanic Journalists calling on the First Lady and her speechwriting team. Please take the time in the future to better understand the complexities of our people and communities. This is your First Lady, an unelected person who is assuming that her opinion counts, that her opinion matters more than anyone else's. Tacos. Once again, imagine if Barbara Bush had stood before a group of African-American 13% hyphenated black people and said, the black community is as diverse as the rap music y'all be banging out in your cars, as diverse as the type of chitlins y'all eats on Sunday, or whether somebody's finna fight over a wang, a thigh, a leg, or a brassicus, or they just holding out for the chitlins, or they just be holding out for the chicken gizzards. We know y'all is diverse in the black African community, and so we know you is as diverse as collard greens versus mustard greens and dandelions picked from an interstate median. Can you imagine the backlash? I don't know. All this talk about tacos is making me hungry. And this is the Truth Hurts program. Hola, papi. See si, me, daughter. I am getting very hungry. Do you think we can eat something for the lunch? I am so glad that you asked me this, daughter. Since we are Hispanics and so very diverse, I am thinking we should listening to the first lady Jill Biden and we should go to the Bogida and getting some tacos. After all, she thinks that tacos are very diverse when they are really just the same thing over and over. Some tortillas, some meat, and some cheese. Okay, papi. And this, me daughter, is why you should grow up to vote for the elephant, not the burro. The Democrats are very racist, and they only want to talk to us when the election is on the line. Okay, papi. Let's go get some Chinese buffet. That is real diversity. <laughs> I had to get that out of the way. I wanted to say something about this ridiculousness on an earlier edition of the Truth Hurts program. But on to the most very serious issue of the day, Joe Biden's inflation. The New York Compost, July 13, 2022. Inflation hits 9.1% in June, raising the risk of a massive interest rate hike. Here it is. The media is finally waking up and realizing we can't cover for Joe Biden's ineptness anymore. Inflation surged an unexpectedly strong 9.1% last month, raising the risk of even steeper interest rate hikes from the Federal Reserve as Americans get pummeled by record high gas prices, soaring rents, and stiff grocery bills. The dismal June reading released by the Labor Department on Wednesday the highest since November 1981, back when I was graduating from high school. This will ratchet up pressure on President Joe Biden, who faces widespread criticism over his response as higher prices have slammed household budgets. Investors are bracing for yet another three-quarter percentage point rate hike later this month, which was supposed to help mute last month's high inflation. And this may come a full point or more in the following month just to try and head off Joe Biden's inflation. The Consumer Price Index, 9.1% increase, is the absolute worst since November of 1981, well over 41 years 
ago. The producer price increase is up over 11 percentage points. Thank you, Joe Biden. But yet the White House, instead of admitting their failure and doing something positive to turn things around, they're still trying to blame Vladimir Putin for the increases, but they're trying to take credit for the 25 to 40 cent per gallon decrease in gasoline prices this past week. As Americans realized, holy crap, everything is costing more. We better not go and take that summer vacation drive we wanted to take. We better consolidate our trips because we cannot afford gasoline. And so there was a little more inventory last week and the prices dipped a little bit. The Biden administration wants to try and take credit for lowering the gasoline cost by 25 cents when they will not accept responsibility for raising it $3 a gallon. On a monthly basis, the Consumer Price Index, a closely watched inflation gauge that measures what consumers pay for goods and services, rose 1.3% just from last month, May to June. The core CPI, the price of goods excluding food and energy costs, was up 5.9% on an annualized basis. June's numbers were even higher than expected as initial policy efforts meant to curtail prices failed to even make the most minute of impacts. Economists had expected about 8 to 8.5% for the month, according to Dow Jones data. Economists had expected the core CPI to increase about 5.5%. Energy prices have surged 41.6% since the same month last year, marking the steepest annual increase in fuel cost since April of 1980. The food index increased 10.5%, well, 10.484%, the highest clip in 40-something years. Rent prices, another key input for inflation, jumped almost a full percentage point in one month from May to June, over eight-tenths of one percent, the largest increase since April of 1986. The stock markets have fallen into bear territory in recent weeks, a sign that investors are skeptical that Jerome Powell's ability to successfully combat inflation through interest rate hikes will not tip the U.S. economy into a recession. Bankrate senior economy analyst Mark Hamrick said, quote, across the economy, consumers, business leaders, investors, and regulators are all asking the same question. When will inflation peak? Central bankers were caught flat-footed and are now trying to play catch-up and recover some of their bruised credibility. And the Dow Jones futures sank more than 400 points following the June CPI report release. NASDAQ futures fell more than 250 points. Your 401k, your retirement, your IRA, your savings have all dropped massively since Joe Biden has taken office. Those people who thought they would retire at 62 are now thinking they may have to wait until age 67 to finally quit working, to finally quit contributing to Joe Biden's disastrous economy. And White House Press Secretary, the Black gay lesbian, first black gay lesbian woman to ever hold that position. She must have that said. That must be her introduction. It's a requirement now. She warned that, quote, the headline number for the CPI, meaning it's reading with the price of volatile food and energy prices included, was likely to be elevated due to gas prices. She says, this is not Biden's fault. Hours before the Labor Department's official June CPI report was published, a widely circulated fake report, fake news, claimed inflation hit 10.2% last month, sent stocks plunging to session lows. 
The national average gasoline price has fallen a little bit in the past two weeks. It was at $5.02 on Flag Day, June 14th, and now somewhere around $4.64 a gallon as of Wednesday of this week. He wants to take the credit for gasoline prices falling a few cents per gallon, but he does not want to take the blame for it rising exponentially since he took office a year and a half ago. And nothing seems to phase Joe Biden, and we figured out why. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't have the first damn clue. And to the Biden administration, the rule of law, immigration, customs enforcement, the Border Patrol, immigration in itself, it's all irrelevant to the Biden administration. Completely irrelevant, as more and more to the tune of over two million illegal, trespassing, criminal, law-breaking, invading immigrants have crossed our border, and that's just the ones we have caught. The media, as I said earlier, is finally starting to turn on gropey Joe Biden. In fact, I think we're just a few weeks away from the liberal, progressive, woke, Democrat-supporting media going full Boris Johnson on Mr. Biden. That's what the media did in England. They turned on Boris Johnson, and they got the entire country riled up to say that Boris Johnson was a failure until he stepped down. And perhaps that's what needs to happen with gropey Joe Biden. But as I said, the media is starting slowly to turn from their unwavering support for Gropey Joe. MSNBC, CNN, the New York Times have recently spotlighted Biden's cratering approval, and they've begun calling for a new 2024 candidate, often calling Joe Biden a political mess. This week, CNN, MSNBC highlighted Biden's cratering approval ratings, as well as concerns that Democrats and the general American public are becoming increasingly frustrated with Joe Biden's poor job performance. Much of the discussion was sparked on Monday by a New York Times poll that showed a stunning 64% of Americans would prefer a different candidate run for office in 2024 in place of gropey Joe Biden. Times reporter Shane Goldmacher called the national mood, quote, decidedly dark and asserted that Biden is facing an alarming level of doubt from members of his own party. A quote from Goldmacher's report is, For Mr. Biden, that bleak national outlook has pushed his job approval rating to a perilously low point. Republican opposition is predictably overwhelming, but more than two-thirds of independents now also disapprove of the president's performance, and nearly half disapprove strongly. They're turning on him finally. They're realizing they can't continue to maintain any semblance of credibility as a news organization if they continue to hide the facts from the people. My question is, as always, when are they going to start reporting on the Biden crime family? Jim Biden, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. When are they going to start reporting on the laptop and all the other lies? When are they going to simply point out the fact that their man, gropey Joe Biden, is the failure we all know him to be? The poll was discussed numerous times on CNN and MSNBC, often becoming part of a larger discussion on public sentiment about the Biden administration as a whole and its potential implications for the elections here in 2022, as well as in 2024. Many hosts call the polls frustrating, concerning for Democrats. CNN's David Shalane drew attention to the fact that Biden only holds a 70% approval rating among Democrats, but that number is actually like 68%. It's a treacherous warning sign while discussing Biden's numbers, Morning Joe co-host Willie Geist brought attention to a recent opinion piece in the Los Angeles Times entitled, Where Did Joe Biden Go Wrong? 
It called Biden a political mess whose problems are both ideological and structural. The New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg wrote on Monday that Biden was, quote, too old to run for re-election in 2024 and that he seemed too worn out and unfocused for her taste when he first ran in 2020. Goldberg said, by the time he finally achieved the office he longed for, he was far past his prime. Nevertheless, I hope he doesn't run again because he's too old. Those Democrats cite Biden's age more than any other factor, though job performance is close behind. Their concern isn't surprising. Biden has always been given to gaffes and malapropisms. But there is a painful suspense in watching him speak now, like seeing someone wobble on a tightrope. Wow. On Saturday, the New York Times cited Biden's age, calling it an uncomfortable issue for the administration. In a stinging report from correspondent Peter Baker, he acknowledged that Biden's energy level is not what it was, and some aides quietly watch out for him. He often shuffles when he walks, and aides worry he will trip on a wire. He stumbles over words during public events, and they hold their breath to see if he makes it to the end without a gaffe, Baker wrote. New York Magazine's Ed Kilgore cast a serious doubt on whether Biden would be able to run in the next presidential election. This week, he delved into the pessimistic attitude that many Democrats have towards Biden's leadership, or lack thereof, leadership of the country, and acknowledged his unpopularity could weaken its prospects. Kilgore wrote, quote, Joe Biden is at present a very unpopular president whose performance has discouraged his party's base. That's a bad combination for Democrats who are facing a 2022 midterm election with fragile control of both houses of Congress. Even Politico reported last Friday that Democrats are afraid Biden is running out of time to save his sinking polling numbers. It said Democrats' frustration with Biden has seeped into outright worry. According to that news outlet, people familiar with recent meetings between Democratic governors and the White House have claimed, quote, there's been a general and growing dissatisfaction, unquote, with the administration's response to key issues. 61% of respondents in the Politico Morning Consult poll say that they were opposed to a Trump candidacy. 48% say Trump should definitely not run. 13% say he probably should not run. But 64% of respondents say that Biden should stay out of the race. While 46 say he should, quote, definitely not run. And 18% say he should probably not run. On NBC's Meet the Press, Chuck Todd walked viewers through a package detailing frustration from likely voters of the Democratic Party. They largely cited Biden's age, his handling of the economy, and abortion as serious causes for concern. Yes, I think we'd be a whole lot better off had Joe Biden been aborted long, long ago. And this is the Truth Hurts program. According to Michael Schnell in The Hill, the doomsday political scenario is taking shape for the Democrats. With the midterm election now less than half a year away, the midterm doomsday scenario for Democrats is becoming crystal clear, quite scary, and more real as inflation and gas prices remain stubbornly high and inflation is growing where Biden's people are trying to claim it's not. Dissatisfaction with President Biden is through the roof. Democrats are seeing their chances of retaining the House slimmer than ever, with both history and a dreary political environment working against them. In the Senate, where the party had hoped a strong swing state candidate could help save the majority, fears are also growing. And it seems wherever voters look, things are bad in Joe Biden's Washington, D.C., and they're only getting worse. 
Democrats haven't done things they promised, said Connor Farrell, a strategist who founded the progressive consultancy group Left Rising. He says, quote, in this environment, the best general election candidates will be bold ones that can distinguish themselves from what they're getting from the White House. High national anxiety, which many lawmakers, operatives, and activists are now openly acknowledging as problematic for the Democrats, will further lay bare the reality of the sinking Biden presidency with inflation for the month of June at a record 9.1%, the highest in over 40 years. The only time it was worse was when Jimmy Carter was president. The idea of the shellacking the Democrats are due to take at the ballot box can only likely be overcome by widespread election fraud, which we know the Democrats are not above doing. This guy, Joe Biden, needs to do like Boris Johnson, accept defeat, accept his failure, and step down. Yes, we'll be stuck with Camel Toe Harris, but the truth about her will come out soon, and perhaps an impeachment of her would be a way to get her out of office. In yet another poll, according to the Washington Examiner's David Fredoso, the youngest voters in America hate Joe Biden the most. And why not? Since these young voters, say 18 to 30 years old, grew up with a media condemning white men, calling people like Donald Trump, George Bush, Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, old, entitled, privileged white men. That's who these people elected. An old, decrepit, senile, vapid, mind-numbed idiot. An old, rich, white guy who has a beautiful home on the beach and other homes elsewhere. We've already looked at a few of the important top-line problems with Joe Biden's standing. In the recent New York Times Siena College poll, his numbers are tanking, but they seem to be showing up as negatives in a lot of polls lately, with the youngest voters the sourest on the gropey man. When asked whether they approve of how Biden is handling his job as president, 69% of respondents from the age 18 through 29 demographic say that they either somewhat or strongly disapprove, and only 1% in that age group said they strongly approve of Biden's performance. He only has a combined 19% approval rating with young Americans 18 to 29 years of age. 19% approval rating? That's not looking good for you, old man. The aggregate disapproval rating for Biden is lower for higher age group. 58% disapproved age 30 to 44. 64% disapprove age 45 to 64. And for old farts, 65 and above, 51% of Biden's own age demographic strongly disapprove of him. In a recent civics poll, only 20% of voters under the age of 34 approved of Joe Biden, and his overall approval rating was only 30%. Just as Barack Hussein Obama likely inspired the millennial generation, it seems like Biden is turning them off. He's not inspiring a generation of Trump supporters. In fact, in the head-to-head -head same polling information, they're just about tied amongst the youngest age group. Imagine if Republicans could put forward a decent non-Trump candidate, how bad the ass whooping will be for the old man, Joe Biden. Biden's border policies, helping cartels and traffickers flourish. Chad Wolf, Robert Law wrote Fox News, the, the recent discovery 
of 53 dead illegal trespassing criminal aliens in an abandoned 18-wheeler in the scorching heat of San Antonio, Texas, is just the latest example of Biden's failed border security strategy. By the way, 11 are still hospitalized out of that tra tractor-trailer mess. It was the single largest casualty event involving human traffickers and smugglers into our country. And there is little doubt in any circles that the inaction, the mixed messaging, the gross incompetence of the Biden administration and his underlings led directly to this tragedy, just as it leads to the entire tragedy at the southern border. The chaos at our southern border that has ensued over the last 18 months of the Biden administration are proving that drug cartels and trafficking rings are flourishing. They're big business. They're cruel. They're illicit businesses. But they're still businesses. And just like legitimate businesses, they depend on predictability in the market to maximize their profits. When it comes to immigration, there's been nothing more predictable than since January 2021, when Joe Biden began refusing to enforce U.S. immigration law. As a result, business is booming for the cartels, the smugglers, the traffickers, the child molesters, the drug dealers, the rapists. By some estimates, the cartels are raking in billions and billions of dollars with no end in sight. While these nefarious actors financially profit, they leave behind a path of human suffering and death at every turn. Every illegal alien smuggled or trafficked into the southern border is subjected to some form of mental, emotional, or physical abuse, if not all of the above. Many women, including young girls as young as six years old, are sexually abused, raped, fondled, and groped. And perhaps that's why Joe Biden doesn't mind. He likes sniffing little girls' hair and rubbing his hand over their little flat chests. Unaccompanied alien children, a particularly vulnerable population, are being smuggled and trafficked in record numbers because the Biden administration's decision to exempt them from Title 42 expulsion authority. Other kids are recycled by traffickers because of the lax enforcement treatment given to family units, as they're called. Guaranteed entry into the U.S. is the greatest marketing message to the cartels to ensure that the business model of human traffickers and the cartels continues to thrive thanks to Joe Biden. The carnage won't end with that truckload of dead illegals. The cartels use the humanitarian crisis as, at the border as an opportunity to pour drugs into American communities. Fentanyl deaths are on the rise exponentially. And where's it coming from? You guessed it, Mexico. It is accomplished by using illegal aliens as drug mules as they take advantage of the gaps in the border security caused by Border Patrol agents running de facto driving services instead of doing their jobs and controlling the southern border. In 2021, annual drug overdoses in the United States exceeded 100,000 for the first time ever. Fentanyl, which is manufactured in China and moved north by the Mexican cartels, is the leading cause of death for young Americans, even though Joe Biden tried to tell people the other day that it was guns that are killing our children. Fentanyl is the leading cause of death for young Americans. And although Customs and Border Protection seized more than 10,000 pounds of fentanyl in 2021, it is estimated that 500 times that amount has made it through the gaps in our southern border and into the lives and eventual deaths of many Americans. For one pound of fentanyl that crosses our border illegally, it is the equivalent of 250,000 lethal doses. 
That means enough fentanyl was caught crossing our border to kill 2.5 billion people, or each American seven times over. And that's just the amount we caught. Estimates are that 500 times that amount has snuck through the border. Let's be clear. Every illegal alien who crosses our southern border has to pay a smuggler or a trafficker. The policies we implemented at the Department of Homeland Security during the Trump administration, including migrant protection protocols, the Remain in Mexico policy, the asylum cooperative agreements with the Northern Triangle countries, and the streamlined asylum processing to root out fraudulent and frivolous claims, disrupted the cartel-run smuggling and traffic networks. But Joe Biden and his inept staff have simply reversed all of that. And predictably, the White House response to the tragedy in Texas misses the mark. The gay black press secretary, who has to be identified that way, that's what she wants, America's first gay black press secretary, continues to push lies and misinformation to the American people by saying, quote, the fact of the matter is the border is closed, unquote. It's closed? No, it's not. No, it's not. They are coming across in record high numbers because of Joe Biden's failed border strategy. We, the people, deserve better. But Joe Biden won't admit that this is another in a series of his failures as the president of the United States. A joke, even more so than the joke that was Jimmy Carter. My friends, I have run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Please go out there and make it a great day, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye-bye for now. Stay safe the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Thank you.